Yesterday, we looked at the surprise performance of J.F. Berube in his very small NHL role this season. Today, we're doing the same thing with Neil Tarasov and uh, looking at how exactly wins are not a goalie stat. And I'm going to tell you why. All that and more on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, trials, tribulations, joys, agonies, and uh, lots of yelling about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't hit subscribe over there, then uh, I recommend it, frankly. And so do several hundred other people who, uh, would they be wrong? Maybe, but probably not. In uh, today's episode, we are going to continue our look at the Blue Jackets goalie situation. And uh, today we're going to look at Daniel Tarasov, who had a pretty solid rookie uh, rookie season. Uh pretty solid NHL debut before he broke everything in his hips. So uh, that's kind of what we're going to look at today. Uh, the fu- like the future of the goaltending depth. We're going to take a look at who is actually in that pool right now and uh, what role Tarasov could play this upcoming season. So uh, I guess let's, let's start off with talking just a little bit about uh, Daniil Tarasov. He was a third round pick in 2017 uh, he is a giant. Uh, he's six foot five, only 195 pounds. So I assume that if he turns sideways, he disappears. But uh, 86th overall by the Blue Jackets, only 23 years old. And uh, this is his first season in North America or, well, first and a half. Um, he played in Russia basically his entire career, got loaned to a team in La Liga in the 2019-20 season. Uh, before making his trip over to the Cleveland Monsters, played six games for them in the 2021 season before uh, making his official rookie debut season, I guess, uh, last season for both the Blue Jackets and the Monsters. He had uh, an 8.96 in the six games that he played for the Monsters, a 3.16 goals allowed against average, and... uh, in his first shot with the Monsters, in his second shot with the Monsters, he played 11 games, had an 8.93, went 5-3-4 and four with a 3.06 uh, goals against average before um, getting called up to the NHL and where he played, I think, three and a half games and then immediately got broken. Um, season-ending hip surgery, so which we talked a little bit about yesterday. Um, but the, the fun thing about... Tarasov's brief uh, sojourn into the NHL is he played two full games, uh, lost them both despite uh, allowing three goals on 37 shots, two goals on 31 shots for a 919 and a 935 safe percentage against Dallas and Washington. Uh, played the final period of a game against Toronto in uh, on December 7th. Made 10, sh- uh, 10 saves on 10 shots for his period shutout. And then uh, 
He played two periods against the Carolina Hurricanes where he allowed two goals on 33 shots for a 9.39 before uh, missing the third period due to that injury. And then it would come out that he was done for the season uh, later on. So if you add up those two last games, uh, that's like 57 minutes. So we'll say played in four games. He played three games worth of hockey and came out of that with a 9.37 save percentage, a 2.4 goals allowed against, and an 0-2 record. So uh, this is what I mean when I say that wins are not a goalie stat. Wins should not be ever considered a goalie stat. And uh, that's the hill I'm going to die on, which is really unfortunate, because uh, I think Tarasov has really, really good potential. And it's really unfortunate that uh, the team couldn't score um i mean i don't know off the top of my head what the scores were in those games but he allowed three goals against dallas two goals against washington um so i assume that they lost probably 3-1 and 2-1 or 3-2 and 2 nothing or something like that um the carolina game got ugly it was i believe like four nothing and then they allowed uh, Tarasov allowed two goals, and then uh, I believe Corpusalo took over and allowed another five goals. Um, so seven unanswered goals, which I'm sure, uh, as you know, Carolina Hurricanes fans were super gracious and good sports about the whole thing, and not at all obnoxious. But uh, that was that was Neil Tarasov's kind of very brief first foray into NHL action and uh, I think there's a lot of good signs there and uh, in a minute we're going to talk about what those good signs are and kind of what the the next season is going to look like for Tarasov uh, but first I want to tell you about betonline.net because it is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season you can find all the latest football league developments uh, game matchups news and podcasts including this year's opening week games uh College football kicked off last weekend, so uh, if you want to put some money on uh, the Buckeyes, then you can do that at Bet Online. They're also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. They've got live betting, esports, and scores, and uh, they are the fastest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, uh, the NBA when that comes back soon, MMA, boxing, golf, and of course the NHL. So they are where you want to go if you want to put money on. Uh, Oh, I don't know, Daniil Sarasov winning the Calder this season, because why not Why not go big or go home, you know? So head to the website today, use your laptop or your mobile device, go to betonline.net, and you can learn more about the trends and action, because BetOnline is where the game starts. So I talked a little bit in the last segment about what a good sign this was for Tarasov. Even though he didn't get any of the wins, um, he played well. And I remember watching these games and at no point were any of those games lost because of Tarasov's play. Um, And so I looked a little bit more at kind of his previous stats. And this is something that uh, I've talked about specifically with uh, Will Scouch of Scouching about, you know, how do you evaluate a goaltender? And he basically says, well, do they stop pucks? At whatever level they are playing, do they stop pucks, you know? And so he looked at, for example, um, Andre Vasilevsky was stopping pucks in basically every league that he played in. Um, you know, you look at... Um, 
Oh my god, I I've completely <laughs> I have completely blanked on uh on the name of the goalie that I was going to that I was going to talk about. Um but there was a goalie who, you know, played high school hockey and then ended up being the best one of the best goalies, one of the best American goalies of all time. Um and it's going to really bug me that I can't remember that guy's name. Um Ryan Miller is his name. <laughs> <laughs> I might cut this out. I might not because it's very funny. Uh, Ryan Miller was playing high school hockey um, in somewhere in America, and they drafted him, and he turned into a phenomenal goalie. And he was stopping pucks at basically every level. Every time he stepped up a level, he kept stopping pucks. And Tarasov is kind of doing the same thing. This is where I'm going with this. Um, you look at okay, he didn't do great in the AHL. Um, I think partially because the team was just so horrible. Uh, first year in North America, adjusting to the rink size, the style of play, things like that. But previous to that, uh, he had a 909 in the VHL. He had a 925 in the KHL, uh, a 923 for Russia uh, in the international stage. Uh, he had just under a 900 for uh, Sat in the Liga. 928 in the VHL, 917 again in the KHL, 928 in the MHL, you know, all the way back to uh, his lowest save percentage, apart from that 899 in 2019-20, uh, that's the only sub-900 save percentage that he had between the years of, like, 2015 all the way through to 2021. So he stops pucks. Is, is what I'm saying. And so, yeah, was he kind of underwhelming at the AHL level this year? A little bit. Was he maybe overperforming a little bit at the NHL? A small sample, trying to really hard to make an impact on this team in kind of this, the little amount of time that he has? Sure. However, he might not be a 937 goalie for the Blue Jackets this season. But depending on what the Blue Jackets do with Corpusalo this season, and there's no guarantee that he's going to finish the season as a Blue Jacket, you know, there's lots of moving parts at play here. Tarasov could be the backup for Muslikins as early as uh, like the trade deadline, or potentially even earlier. Um, I don't think it's likely to be earlier. I think that's probably when they move him if they're going to move him, unless the Blue Jackets are in a playoff position, etc., etc., etc. But uh, yeah, it's Daniel Tarasov is going to be good. I think all the signs point to him being good. Um, he's taken his time. He hasn't been rushed to North America. Uh, he, like I said, drafted in 2017, didn't come over to North America until 2021, where he played a few games. Um, hopefully, you know, the, the hip surgery is concerning, but not as concerning as I think a lot of people consider it to be. Um, he's young. Goalies are notoriously stretchy. Um, he's had, I think, when did he, he had surgery? Like, I want to say, when did he play his games? His last game was on January 1st. And I feel like he had the surgery like a month after that. So for functionally eight months of recovery time, give or take um, a month or two by the time training camp rolls around. I assume he'll be playing in Traverse City along with uh, Jet Greaves, who is the Blue Jackets' other young goalie, uh, who also really impressed me this season. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. I would love Tarasov to make... Uh, the Blue Jackets coaching staff have to make some really hard decisions this season, frankly. 
Um, I think they should be looking at him and being like, right, well, we don't have any choice but to call him up, frankly. Um, I would love for that to happen. Um, And he, I think, is a really good look at how the Blue Jackets do goaltending. Um, And we're going to take a quick look at kind of the goaltending development process of the Blue Jackets and also a quick peek into their uh, goalie prospect pool, which is not as deep as it was a couple of seasons ago, but is looking uh, pretty, pretty okay. Uh, So that's coming up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. So the thing about Daniel Tarasov is he has kind of done the Elvis Mosleykins approach. Um, And there's really kind of two ways that you can do goalie development. And that is you can leave them where they are and hope that they develop or you can take team control immediately. Um, So Elvis didn't actually sign his entry-level contract until like two seasons ago. Um, You know, he stayed in Switzerland, played there for... I think the five or six years after his draft year basically didn't come over until he knew there was a chance at the starting position. If Bobrovsky had ended up signing long-term with the Blue Jackets, I don't know that Muslikins would still be here, frankly. Um, I think he would have gone somewhere else and uh, that would have been uh, a bad choice. So I'm glad that we did what we did and ended up letting uh, Bobrovsky walk, even though, you know, I talked about it a couple episodes ago. I love Bobrovsky. Big, big Bobrovsky fan. Uh, it sucks that he couldn't find the same success in Florida that he kind of found with the Blue Jackets in terms of his personal play. But that's uh, that's not what we're that's not what we're here to talk about. Tarasov has kind of done the same thing as Muslikins, where he stayed in Russia. He's developed. He's learned. He's played some pretty good hockey in that time. Uh, like I said, his most recent save percentage in the KHL, which is a really good league. It is hard to do well in the KHL. Uh, he had a 9.25 in uh, 16 games and a record of 11-3-2. and two, uh, And then had a uh, 100% save percentage in two playoff games for them. I think it's a case of he was backing up and got pulled into the game because he doesn't have any wins or losses on his record. But not allowing any games, not allowing any goals in two playoff games is, uh, is pretty good. So uh, I'm... Like I said, I'm pretty happy with the the journey that Tarasov has taken. And I think, honestly, at the end of the day, depending on what goalie, what who the goalie is, how they're developing, where they're playing, like I think sometimes the best thing you can do is to just kind of leave them where they are, let them develop in Europe, and then they come over when they're, you know, 23, 24, 25. Um, I think it's a very, very rare case where you see a goalie, for example, um, God, I don't even know. The last rookie goalie that really kind of had any kind of waves was Nadelkovic, and he was, I think, 24 or 25. So, you know, even then, as a young North American goalie, he's still spending a lot of time in the AHL. He's still developing down there. You don't see rookie goalies in the NHL under the age of, like, 23, 24. So, yeah, I think it makes sense to play in the best league in the world where you are, have that starting position there, then come over to North America too soon, play back up, sit on the bench, stop developing, and uh, eventually just kind of fade uh, fade out. Um, so, like I said, yeah, expecting big things for Tarasov. Um, he's really kind of the, the key to the Blue Jackets' goaltending depth 
at the minute. Um, I think Jet Greaves is another really good um, example and kind of the opposite example of Tarasov. So he was, I believe, undrafted, um, played four years with the Barry Colts. Blue Jackets needed a goalie for the Travis City tournament uh, last season. So they just kind of signed him out of the OHL and uh, he ended up, like I said, getting his NHL contract, uh, his entry-level contract on top of that due to injuries and COVID and all sorts of goalie drama. Um, spent the year kind of bouncing between the ECHL and the AHL, finally found a space in the AHL and uh, is looking pretty good, honestly. Um, I don't know his stats off the top of my head. Uh, Google thinks I'm a robot, so... Um, he is, again, I think a really intriguing player the the blue jackets kind of struggled with he's 21 years old um he had a 905 in 29 games for the monsters this season and a 907 for the kalamazoo wings in the echl so you know it goes back to is he stopping pucks and the answer typically is yes um also a uh, brief correction he did not play all four years with the barry colts he had three years with the Barry Colts, but one of those was the COVID year that got cancelled. So he really only had two years in the OHL. Uh, it was in the OJHL previous to that. Um, again, kind of a unique journey for a North American goalie, but he uh, he looks good. He looks strong. Um, I think he is kind of a diamond in the rough that the Blue Jackets can do some exciting things with. And I'm excited to see where... Uh, where he goes from here. So uh, not to not to turn this Daniil Tarasov episode into a Jet Greaves episode, but uh, I think the future is pretty bright for young Blue Jackets goalies. They drafted a goalie this year, Sergei Ivanov, who uh, I believe was one of three goalies in the top 100 players uh, ranked by The Athletic, which, I mean, your opinion may vary on what you think of The Athletic's draft ranking system, but um, talking to Tony Ferrari, he seems... Pretty enthused with Ivanov, talking to a couple of other prospect guys. Um, and again, he's only 18 years old at the minute. He was drafted in the fifth or sixth round. So it's basically a free pick at that point. You know, if he works out, great. If he doesn't, like it's it's a sixth round draft pick. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, so I'll have to keep an eye on him. And uh, honestly, I'm not expecting we'll hear anything about him or his North American career for at least three seasons, frankly. Um, I think he'll probably be 22, 23. And so by that point, you know, we'll, the Blue Jackets will probably kind of be cycling into that next stage of their goaltending uh, tandem. I think Buzlikins will be kind of pushing 30 at that point. So not old by, you know, normal human standards, but getting up there in terms of goalie standards. Uh, Tarasov will be, you know, 26, 27 in his prime. Greaves will be kind of 23, 24. Um and, you know, it, it just it rolls along like that. I think I know I said in yesterday's episode that you can never have too many goalies. I think you can never have too many emergency goalies, but you really only need one or two good goalies, honestly. And that's something else that Tony Ferrari talks about is you don't need to draft a goalie every year. You don't need to draft a goalie in the second or third round every year. You know, like occasionally you hit on a guy like um, Andre Vasilevsky or you hit on... Uh, a Ryan Miller, or you know, sometimes you draft a guy in the first round, a Carey Price, a Marc Andre Fleury, um, Jesper Wolstadt, who went 20th overall a couple of seasons ago. You know, those guys are are stars or could be elite, elite goaltenders in the NHL. 
Um, I don't think Tarasov, Greaves, or Ivanov are going to be elite, elite goalies, but they could be very, very good goalies. And so it's fun to see kind of the the cycle working its way around. Um, and so that's kind of all I've got for today. Uh, I didn't mean to get into young goalies in the goaltending pool as, as deep as I did, but I'm kind of glad that we took a look at that. So uh, that's... That's today's episode. Uh, tomorrow's episode, we're going to be looking at uh, our backup goalie for the season. We're going to be looking at Jonas Corposalo. I did not do these in order of, like, quote-unquote, best to uh, worst to best. It just so happened that their numbers go that way. Um, and it does make me extremely happy that all of the Blue Jackets goalies have numbers that end in uh, zero. Even, I believe, Jack Greaves picked a number that ended in zero. Um, I don't remember what it was, but so far the Blue Jackets goalies are 30, 40, 70, and 90. Uh, Kiv Lennox obviously wore 80. So uh, lots of lots of ending in zero numbers, which does make me happy. Um, that's beside the point. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about Jonas Kopisalo. Uh His time with the team, kind of how he has struggled, how he succeeded, um, and what his future could be. Um, that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and uh, also over on YouTube. So uh, if you're not subscribed over there, then feel free to go and hit that subscribe button. Uh, if we can hit like 250 by opening night, that would be incredible, honestly. So uh, if you're not subscribed, go hit the subscribe button over there, please. And uh, I think that's everything that I've got for my outro planned. So uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.